You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show Extra right here on SN Media. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. We've got a Rob Roy special this week, we're delighted to be joined by the Rob Roy manager Stuart Maxwell. Stuart, it's a pleasure to welcome you on the show, thanks for coming on. Hi Scott, how you doing? Thanks mate, I appreciate it. Brilliant, pleasure to have you on. We're also joined by the Rob Roy captain Scott Walker. Scott, welcome to the show, it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having us on mate. Brilliant, absolutely looking forward to this as well. We are obviously going to talk about about Rob Roy's season as well. If you've seen the show, you'll know how the layout works. We'll talk about the season so far. We'll talk about the guys' careers in the game. We'll put them in the spot with some quick-fire questions. We'll open the floor to some stories we have, and we'll dig some dirt in the boys. And then we'll preview the what's coming up for, the, for Rob Roy in the next couple of weeks. But we'll get right into the season so far for Rob Roy. 19 points from 14 games so far. Six wins, one draw, seven defeats in the the West for Scotland Premier Division so far this season. Stuart, at the start of the season, we spoke about the main prerogative for a lot of teams was just be staying up. What would your thoughts be in the start so far? Are you content with how the season's went so far? Uh, I will, I think I think at the start of the, start of the season, we spoke and I, I'll be honest, I don't listen to a lot of the podcasts, but I sort of like to listen to when the predictions at the start of the season. I think everybody had us in the bottom seven, and rightly so, and not in just on, on your predictions, but another podcast I listen to as well. And I always thought, I get that, I understand. We had we had a poor season prior to lockdown, and Rob Roy went through a total uh, rechange of players and personnel and brought in a sort of younger dynamic squad, kept a core, a couple of experienced players, Scotty being one of them. And uh, I could see why people would think that we would be where we be, but... Uh, we are pushing, it's always going to be tough. I think I said to you at the start of the season, seven going down, but there was there's always a potential of being a couple of shock teams in there as well because seasons never usually pan out. There's always a shock troop and there's always somebody that's expected to do well that struggles. That's just the nature of every league probably. But, uh, after the start, we had the first four games. It was a bit of soul-searching because it was, it'd be really tough to lose four games in that league in a row especially a young squad that will try to get a bit of confidence in who a majority are playing in this, at this level for the first time. But uh, after bouncing back a bit and we won four in a row and we sort of steadied the ship a bit, to be honest, sitting, I think we're into the first third of the season now, I think, officially. First yeah. third over and done me. For me, budget-wise, where the clubs are, where the players have brought in, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied just now because I, I think we're improving. And uh, I think we'll get better as the season goes on. Yeah, definitely. Scott, what's your thoughts been in the start of the season and how can I excited are you to be back playing after a long layoff? Uh, the first four games are obviously difficult, but uh, if after the tune game, driving up the road, I was like, we're going to struggle here. I'd have been surprised if, looking back then, where we are now, I'd have been surprised if we were in this position now, but we've done well to dig ourselves out, I think. Mm-hmm. What's it been like for you as well, getting back into football after a long layoff, back to kind of Wednesday, Saturday, back training? What's it been like? Well, we, we sort of still played, but you can tell the difference right away. It was a bit more competitive, I think. You can notice the difference. And uh, I kind of liked the, the Saturday, Wednesdays. I liked the two games in the week, so I did, but it's good to get a rest now. It was just into the Saturdays, I think. Yeah, definitely. Stuart, you spoke about uh, there about the, the four defeats to start the season. Ben Barr, Balkinlet, Clyde Bank and Troon. It's, it's four difficult games. It is. It's obviously a, it's a league though where if you don't get a good start, you could be in trouble early on. But was there a bit of, kind of soul-searching, as you say, after the, those first four games? What was your kind of reaction to the four games as a whole? If I, if I, if I take them into isolation, if it, quickly, uh, I think the Ben Bob game, Scott will probably agree, was a tough one for us. We, we started the game really well. Uh, probably I thought we were a better team majority of the first half and then we lost a really scrappy goal right on half time and uh, if you remember on that day Scott Scott Walker sorry uh, it was very very windy the conditions weren't great and we huffed and puffed the second half and they were very resilient Ben Bub and, and, and fair play to Ben Bub they, they worked really hard they defend really, they, I think Paul Lovern's got them set up really well and They've got limited resources as well, and I, I, I was lucky enough to watch them against Darvo 
the other week there, and uh, Darvo, Darvo are top side, but I mean, Bemba really, really worked hard and got a good ethic about them, and so I, I knew it would be a difficult game, but I thought we deserved something at that game, but again, we lost for the odd goal, we moved on to the Talbot game, I think everybody's got a fear rocking like Talbot, but uh, I think they're a different team this year, because they're introducing a lot of new players, younger players, and it'll take a bit of time for them to get into the Talbot way of thinking and the resilience. But again, when I say that, I'm going to get into it. They've not lost a game yet, but they play, they're playing a slightly different style from what I've seen over a number of years. And I, I get that because, like I said, they've introduced a lot of younger players, but a tough game. But we're, again, we were in we were in that game. Uh, our goalkeeper, Tori Steimer, so after 20 minutes, we never had another goalkeeper on the bench. And they went in a, a shanking free kick. And if he was on the show, I'd tell him it wasn't his best free kick. <laughs> uh, and you know yourself when the Talbot get in front they're very very difficult to get back pin back and we, we had a spell in the second half we think we had the post we had an unbelievable save and then they scored yeah. late on but so again disappointing never scored so it was two games in a row we hadn't scored then we moved on to the Clyde Bank game 42 teams were poor on the day I think it was a good spectacle and uh, it was it was panning out to be looked like nothing each affair uh, and then the boys got inside about five minutes to go and it's at an absolute world day. We, I don't know. I was right behind it. I don't know if it was his weak foot or no, but it's one of the ones that just went flying, flying into the top bin again. Another one slipped away, never scored. Then we moved on to the Troon game, is it? Yeah, Troon. Yeah. I'm actually, Scott, I'll tell you, I said we must score, lads. To, now we must get a goal, get off the mark. We hadn't, we hadn't scored in three games, hadn't took a point. And we did, we scored the early doors. And uh, we've been, up until then, we've been really resilient defensively. I thought we'd really, done really well. And then that night, we just got an early goal and we should have, we should have went 2-0 well up. Boy Michael Bay went through one-on-one with the keeper and the keeper had a great save. And then Troon came into it. And Troon are a good side. Uh, I mean, I, I was quite impressed with Troon that night. And uh, we, we ended up, they turned us over 4-2, but we abandoned ship that night defensively. I didn't think... We defended well, we lost a few poor goals. Two or three of the goals were really poor. And uh, probably deserved to get beat on the night overall in the game. But again, we started the game really well. And again, like the other games, we had periods where we were right in the games. But driving up the road that night was a tough one for us because I mean, me and Chris, my assistant, were doing together. And you're just like I said earlier, there, like you're thinking this could be a long season. And you know what younger players are like, their confidence. They build on their confidence and obviously four defeats in a row. And then we knew the next game was massive, you know what I mean? Coming up for us, uh, looking at the league table. And uh, it was a tough, tough start, but they were, were tight games, but we never took anything from them. Mm-hmm. Scott, see that after those kind of four defeats to start the season, how big was that game against Coburnley? Obviously, Coburnley were in a similar situation. They lost their first four game as well, games as well. And to get that win, just how big a boost did that give the dressing room? That was massive. I think everybody knew going into that game that we had to uh, probably take something, if no win it. Uh, but that was good to get off the mark there that day. But I think that's what it's got to be when about beating teams when about us this year, then hopefully picking up as many points as we can. Mm. Stuart, I see the, obviously that Coburnley game kicked off a good run of four straight wins, a big win against Cumberland, and then beating Blantyre and Bonneton as well. It must have gave you a lot of confidence as well that the, how well the team bounced back for the, a disappointing start to then pick up four wins in the bounce. No, I was for me, Scott. It's all about the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was delighted for the players because they answered they answered a few questions to themselves as a squad, and they answered a few questions to people that have had us as cannon fodder all year. I think, to be honest, every let's like say every production had his bottom of the league, so it was good for them, and I was delighted for them because they've worked ever so hard. They're a great bunch of boys, and there's a lot of talent in that squad, and it, to get the win. Uh, against Coburnley, albeit we missed a penalty on that day, made it very difficult for ourselves that day. I thought we should have, we should have won that game by more. We, we definitely thought we were a better, better position in 1 0. Uh, Cumnock was a tough game because Cumnock had a decent side again, or as I probably echoing, every team seems to be a, a decent side. Cumnock a decent, decent side. Uh, it was a very, very even, but we scored a late goal, in goal scored a header. Uh, but I don't think we could say we didn't deserve it uh, because couple of twists of fate earlier on in the season we haven't had breaks we scored late and got another one and then went to Blantyre kept another clean sheet again Scott will tell you down there we should have won that game be more again we would have been all season no taking our chances 
And then Bonington is very similar when we played Bonington in the now the, the, the season it's we played seven games prior. Yeah. It's a very similar game. Bonington are very, very attack minded, young, very gung ho. And it caused us a for 35, 40 minutes, caused us major problems. But we got to grips with it. And we're obviously in a bit of form as well, seeing a spin, and then we got that and Aye, it was good. I mean, I say, like I say, it's all credit to the players because they went for them, lost four and won four. And you know how massive back-to-back wins can be in this league, never mind going stinging four wins in a row, which is probably see going after. And I think I've just won four or five in a row and for a difficult position. So you can, it's massive if you can do this in this league. And it's so tough. And then they can go and string four or five wins in a row in the bottom half of the league. It makes a massive difference, I think. Yeah. Scott, see, obviously, as we were talking there about the, those four straight wins, did it give a boost to the dressing room that that, that the kind of start was a bit you know, unfair to you and then you could, you could build for that poor start yeah. and go on a good run? I think you, I think we could see that, definitely, because it's a young group of uh, boys we've got, so we're going to be inconsistent, but I think they just need a wee bit of belief to think they can go and actually win games. Then I think yeah. Right, I think. Yeah. You said when on the 3-1 game against uh, Glen Afton at Newcomer Cup, I was at that game actually and I, I just thought it was a bit first half I thought you were a bit unlucky just with no taking chances Glen Afton took their chances as me and Stuart spoke about it off air as well it was a game that was maybe on another day could have went a different way like Stuart we, we spoke about that off air was that a kind of game you felt was just a bit unlucky? I well if we went down that day like I said to you off air and uh, we've had a lot of COVID issues I think we had seven or eight players out uh, I was suspended I, I suspended as well but I think I think the game hinged on as I said we never took our chances when we were on top of the game but a couple of poor decisions went against as well like, we, we, we were all seen your second goal should never have stood and then we've been denied an absolute stonewall penalty uh, important points of game but again that's not me trying to create a hard luck story they're just the facts but overall, again, I thought we should have took something for that game. And uh, but the, the the situation leading up to the game, we having seven or eight players that didn't help, and we, we really had to shuffle the pack that day. But it was disappointing in the fact that we, we had a bit of continuity in the four games prior, and to lose that with injuries, suspensions, and COVID situations, and it sort of shuffled the pack too much for us. So I think it just was a bridge too far. But like I say, poor decisions on the day for for the referee. Didn't help us either, to be honest. Scott, that you went on a three 0 home defeat to Rutherglen, and that was a kind of result that I thought was was a bit of a surprise. Mainly, I, I think probably Rob Roy and Rutherglen, maybe you know the table shows are maybe a team that are very similar. But it was it must have been disappointing a three 0 home defeat to a team kind of a similar level to you. It was definitely a disappointing, but I came away impressed with Glencairn that night. That's the first I'd seen them, but I thought they were a very decent side to be fair. What was your thoughts on the Rutherland results, Chuck? I thought Glen Cairn were excellent, uh, especially first half. I uh, thought they were really, really good. Deserved their win on the night. 3-0 was a bit harsh on us, I thought, because we rallied a wee bit the second half. And again, going to a refereeing decision, the boy died for... Uh, it was actually highlighted on, on Twitter, I think, because I hadn't seen it. But we, we, we knew it was a dive. And it, but they deserved their win, Glen Cairn. I thought, agreeing with Scott, I thought they were... Especially first half, very impressive. But we missed, we missed an open goal at two 0 uh, Gary Arbuckle hit the post for a header. He should have went in, and you know yourself, big moments in the game. But no, I, I was impressed with Glen Cairn on on the night. I thought they deserved to beat us that night, uh, but I thought maybe three 0 was a wee bit harsh on us. We'll move on to talking about the two wins against Rossville and Cumbernauld again. Scott, how important is it to beat teams like, that are probably going to be in the mix similar to you at that at that end of the table? Is it important to get the big wins against those teams? I think so. I think that's what's going to be vital for us this year. Uh, definitely. So it was obviously good to get six points after the two. What kind of, Stuart, what kind of things for the games did you take away? Like Rossville, Cumbernauld, they're two big wins, as we say, against two teams that are probably going to be kind of similar you know, budget-wise and things like that. Was it, were, are those the kind of games you're you're looking to as bit kind of must-win games? Yeah, I think I think uh, definitely Rossville. I think that, uh, what, what I give. I think that was our best performance this season. I think that's the game we created a lot of chances. I mean, we played for ten men we for about thirty minutes. But I, I mean, I get I give Rossville credit because they came and they try and play football and they don't deter for that. No matter how much pressure they're under or 
what the scoring lines, they try and play it through the back, they try and play through the lines middle to front and they stick by it. And but we were we were we were impressive that day. And I, I seen a, I seen a different side to us when we went to ten men. We created a lot of chances. We were hungry and and it, it's a game that could have flipped. As you know, we can do it ten men, but we didn't. Uh, come on, all an ambitious team, got an ambitious chairman who will back their manager financially and all that. They've seen a couple of signings he's made. I thought come on old again started really well against us. We we, we scored against the run of play. Uh, we were a wee bit oh, Scott, we were a wee, wee bit all over the place. First 15, 20 minutes. Aye, they were very, very good for half an hour, but they played with a real intensity. Uh, they ended up they got a deserved equaliser for me and one each at half time. But I just said to my players, listen, I don't think they can play with that intensity for the second period of the game. And and we turned the screw on them in the second half and at the end up we did deserve a victory and uh, but again come on all played a shape in our formation that for 35 40 minutes caused caused us major problems but we didn't help ourselves and that's that's frustrates me at times because we don't help ourselves we get a lot of silly errors and just standards at times these things are clearances and, and decision making but again as, as I've highlighted with all the teams I've mentioned so far they've all they've all got their own threats and their dangers and they've got their quality within their team so uh, yeah, it was two good good results. Uh, I know it would come on all, but it was a, a officially our away game. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it was good because, like I say, they are roundabouts in the league. So it's as Scotty said, it's important we can pick up as many points as we can. The teams run about us. Yeah, definitely. We'll move into the, the the draw against Lags, and we'll talk about the game on Saturday that just that obviously happened last weekend. The draw against Lags, Scotty, is unlucky that day. Do you think? I think for being up one 0 then being two one down, we were one of the greatest in the second half. So I think two each was probably a fair result. But with the chances we created in the last ten minutes, I think we probably deserve to just nick it. When then, thank. Yeah, there was big talk. As the people I spoke to as well that day said, Rob Roy were very unlucky not to pick up three points. But Stuart, was that a game that you felt was very you were kind of unlucky not to get the result? Well, for forty minutes in the first half, we were excellent. And speaking to to Liam McVeigh is a good pal of mine and, and spoken to Stuart uh, Davison after it. Yeah. This is can get near us for 45 minutes for dominant. But it's been very prevalent in our season. We're one nil up. Could have been, should have, I don't know if we created a lot of chances in the first half. Definitely had a lot of pressure on them. But we a minute to go to half time, we've got a corner kick. And within a minute it's been transferred up the park for us protecting the ball in the corner, the corner got over hat. And Lars went up the part and scored on right at half time. So you know yourself, getting in at one each at half time and they probably on balance of play, could have been more than one down. They've galvanised themselves when they come out the second half, as Scotty said. First 20, 25 minutes, they were excellent. Deserved to go 2 1 up. But the last 15 minutes, the chances we created were unbelievable. Uh, and how we never, it was great we got an equaliser because we hadn't done that all season. We hadn't battled back from being behind to nick a point or, or, or get something else out of the game. But the chances we had the last 15 minutes, as Scotty says, we, we should, probably should have nicked the game, to be honest. But again, Largs show their qualities and points, as all the other teams have done. And, they, and they've proved that they, on their day, they've picked up a couple of big, big away wins, I've noticed as well. Big away, away win at Cumbernauld and a big away win on Saturday. So again, they've, they've got their qualities and, and, and Arnie and Liam have got them well organised down there. Yeah. The game on Saturday, Scott, it was obviously a 4-1 loss to Pollock and it was... Again, Pollock are sitting second in the league, so we know their we know their qualities. We don't need to explain just how how impressive they've been so far this season. But it's we as frustrated at the the game on Saturday. Again, I think Pollock will be right up there this year. But we the most dynamic time. Some of the goals we lost on Saturday were terrible. You've probably seen them. So I've saw that I've saw one in particular. Yeah, we've, we've been asked yeah. about that. How's that? We've we've got a question about that later on. But we'll, was it just a disappointing result? Aye, definitely. It was, I think we started off pretty well as well. I think we started off well then just the, the first and the second goal just deflated as I think the second one anyway. Yeah. Stuart, what was, what was Saturday like? Were Pollock just a, a far better team on the day? I think they were more clinical. Uh, I think first goal, don't know we've lost a header, but the, the boy McCann's made a run, peeled off it. Good finish. Second goal is just a joke. As far as I'm concerned, and I, as you know, I don't don't mince my words to be honest. Uh, third goal is a mistake as well. 
But in between the second goal and the third goal, and before they scored, we had good spells in the game, and uh, we caused them a few problems. I, I mean, I, I mean, I know we get beat four one on paper; it's a thumping, but I don't think it was. Uh, spoke to him up going off the park. Uh, I've not had a chance to talk to him last week, but uh, he's he's quite impressed with us. Good legs. I thought Midlay Park were really really good against him. I thought um, a midfield three probably get the better of him, uh, but Park uh, a top side. Murdy's a Murdy's doing really well, getting well drilled, and uh, they were just clinical and they scored at big moments in the game. But you make mistakes against top sides, you get punished. And Scotty said their goals are poor, and we can't hide for that fact. And like I say, if you're going to play in the top two, three, four, make the mistakes, they're going to score. And again, we didn't take the chances that came to us in the game. So uh, it was disappointing, but it was important points in the game. Yeah. We'll touch, obviously, we've touched on all the games in the league. We'll touch a bit on your, your kind of run of the Junior Cup as well. He's a beat Greenock and then Glentonar. He's played Carnoustie in the third round. Scott, what's that cup been like so far this season and how important was it that Rob Roy continued to play on it? Uh, yeah, I think it's always important to get a good cup run, I think. Uh, I'd like, like I heard Max saying before we came on, I don't know much about Carnoustie, so apart from what I've heard, they're the favourites, so we'll go up there and just try and get the win, I think. Stuart, was that a big club decision to take part in that competition after like, a few teams have kind of dropped out? And how important is it to have a good run in that competition this year? Club decision for me was supporters. Our supporters are very traditional. And yeah. uh, it wasn't even going to be me. I've got a good relationship with our supporters and so is my chairman. So chairman said to me, what's your thoughts on it? And I went like that. I, I know, obviously, I've been at Rob Roy for a long time. I know the supporters would want to be in that competition. So it didn't matter if it's an overload of games or it's going to be a finance or a burden. For our supporters' sake, they'll have a day out and we were never going to pull out the Scottish Junior Cup on behalf of that. And I wasn't going to be the man that was going to do that, take away the history of Rob Roy in that cup. So, no, we were we, we was never in our thoughts to pull out it. And it's a good competition to be in for us. I think it's in a competition where we've got a real opportunity if we can, we can get results on the day, we can maybe get progress to the latter stages I think yeah, but it'll be a tough know. game as as we said they can stay there see we're doing well but let's say I'll go and watch them on Saturday and I'll get a gauge of how good a side they are because let's say to you off air I don't know what the standards of the leagues are now but I know they'll be a decent side but I'll get a gauge when I go and see them playing Saturday yeah definitely we'll touch a wee bit just on before we move into talking about your careers in the game so far Scott, how important is it? Obviously, last year you were one of the teams that decided to take part in the, the league with no crowd and obviously the, the equipment and things like that. Everyone was just not the way it should be. How important is it this year to have kind of things as close to normal as possible and the fans back, more importantly? I think it's majorly important. Even like the changing rooms, see having changing rooms back, that makes a big, big difference. There's nothing worse than going to a game you've not got a change room. But uh, you, can, you can tell the difference just playing for three, for three points that matter anyway. You can definitely tell. Yeah, definitely. But we'll touch about in your careers as well. We've, we've spoke about the season so far. Stuart, you had a really good playing career. What was your kind of highlights of your playing career? Obviously, you spent time at the boss, Rob Roy and things like that. What was your kind of main highlights of your playing career? I think always winning things. was. If you look back, I'm quite lucky to win a few league titles, a few clubs, and uh, played the Scottish Junior Cup final, uh, won a couple, won the West League Cups, etc. And through, when I played through Nista, won a few cups as well. So probably... Playing as an occasion, uh, I would say as an occasion, getting to the Junior Cup final was a great build-up and the buzz and the feeling. And when when I got to the final, we'd done things properly. We stayed the night at the hotel the night before and things like that. So it was a saliva in the tail at that point as well. So I think getting to a Junior Cup final at that at that stage, because I was obviously it was junior football then, is a pinnacle. But you, you, can't, you can't beat one in anything. Doesn't matter if it's a league cup, a west, a, a league title, but winning winning at any any level is what you want to do. And uh, like I say I was lucky enough to do that a few times. And uh, I so I would say just anything I did win was a highlight, but definitely probably a personal pinnacle was getting to a, a junior cup. Obviously, we lost to Talbot and unbelievably lost a forty yard header. When you, <laughs> I still laugh at the thing. I, mean, I actually tell people I think because I'm, I'm always at the wind up I think I'm at the wind up it was a 40 yard Stephen Marlon header we lost it. so yeah, that, that still doesn't sit well with me <laughs> uh, 14 years later do you know what I mean yeah, <laughs> definitely Scott obviously you'd, uh, you started off at Kilmarnock as well what were your kind of memories of coming through there 
Uh, well, I was all through my, my younger days, I was with Livingston up to I was, I think it was 17, 18. Then yeah. I went out for a year and a half. But it was just to be, it was good to be full time, obviously, and just see the way uh, football players operate, basically. Now, who were some of the good players that came through at that time with you as well? Liam Kelly, I think he's down south playing. Uh, it's been a lot of good players. Uh, Daniel McKay was another good one. Scott Anson. Yeah, yeah. has been a few good ones. Brilliant. Stuart, obviously you, you left, you stopped playing football and kind of went into the coaching side and then into management. Was that always the plan when you were playing football to go to that kind of coaching level? No, because uh, I, 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 I sort of two good years uh, Peter Hill and I thought I was done, to be honest. But I went in and played, you know, I had only a hardly missed a game. And uh, we actually played Rob Roy at Adamsley. And I knew there was a bit of unrest because obviously I'd been there as a player and I kept a good relationship with the committee. I knew there was a bit of unrest with the manager and the results. And, and Rob Roy had been well-renowned that year for spending heavily mm. on players. We actually went in that day and I scored. We beat them for 4-1. Uh, I scored, I think I scored the first goal. And it was always a bit surreal because, I, like I say, I'd won a couple of league titles at Rob Roy and had a good spell there. And, uh, and then after the game, I sort of spoke to the committee and they said to me, look, we're thinking of changing things. Is it something you would think about? And honestly, it was right out of the blue. And I mean, I didn't even think about it. And because uh, my natural progression was I probably went in with Willie Parson mm-hmm. and helped him, and maybe done his coaching or maybe an assistant at some point, and maybe then stepped up if I, if I thought it was going to be. But when I sort of had that, I mean, obviously Rob Roy decided to change a manager, and I sort of spoke to the committee. Uh, I was like, I've started to think about it for the next couple of weeks, and then they'd done the natural uh, due diligence interviews that narrowed it down. but I sort of knew I was getting it, if that makes sense, because just, just you could just tell the way they spoke to me. Uh, and I'd really prepared myself, brought in uh, a bit of experience with me as well. And uh, But I had no plans to go into it. And then I sort of never done, the, let's say, the natural progression coach and assistant and get a manager's job. So I had to sort of like self-teach myself things, uh, which was hard the first couple of years, because Rob Roy were a bit of... Well, I've been since I've been there. No, been an infrastructure's not been great, and uh, when I, I never had one player, one signed player when I went in, and uh, so it was a tough learning curve, and it was difficult. But I tend to put my heart and soul into things. I put myself right into them, and I decided to do that with Rob Roy because I was just, I was determined that I wanted them to do well and a good club. Like I say, great people, great support, but probably again at a right difficult time. Uh, for them off the off the field as we well, well documented with our situation with the pitch. Mm-hmm. So not to answer your question, it definitely wasn't wasn't part of my agenda at that point. Scott, obviously we'll touch a bit on your time at Rob Roy as well. How much have you enjoyed since you went there and what's it like obviously being named the captain and kind of taking that responsibility on? I have I've loved every minute of being at Rob Roy to be honest with you. Uh, had some really good teams, went close to winning a few things I think we should have. Uh, first couple of years I was there definitely. Uh, I'm just enjoying being a captain. I think I sort of maybe fell into it the year everybody left, but like I said, I know Max saying Chris trusts me, so it's something I'm enjoying. I. Stuart, how important is it for yourself? Obviously, you said there about having a young squad this year. How important is it to have the experience of Alexa Scott there? Oh, Scott, Scott will probably be the first to say, he probably back when we, we, we said we had right good sides, Scott probably wasn't a captain then, but he stepped up to the mark and his first year was difficult. Uh, but now he's, he's, for me, he's probably one of the best right backs in the league, just consistent, good good nature, good with the lads. Me and Chris, as he said, we trust him, we go on, we, we, treat him as, we treat him as in our wee circle, you know, and he can come to us if anybody's got any issues and we deal with it and he, he, we go to him if we have any issues and he'll present anything we want to do. So he's grown into a leader and uh, if he keeps going the way he's going, he'll It'll be a Rob Roy great as far as I'm concerned, especially over the last 20, 30 years, how how he's performed as well. So, uh, no, he's definitely matured into that role and uh, he's getting better as as he gets older and uh, he's he's taking the responsibility on board, which, and he knows the standards that required, not just like at any club, you expect your captain to be best trainer, leading the example in the party's performance in the park, a different class for us every week. 
he, he delivers. Uh, so no, no, he's been he's he's definitely grown into that role tremendously for me anyway. Brilliant. You may this is the part of the show where we put you in the spot. We've got a quick fire questions round and a teammates round. So we'll obviously we'll put you through the quick fire questions round. What were you gonna say? This is the bit I'm looking forward to. That's the bit I'm looking forward to. There's a couple of things that are gonna be kind of on the cuff. We'll start with you, Stuart. Are you ready? Yes. Gerard or Postacoglu? Gerard. How much has the infrastructure changed since you went into the club and how could it be improved? Since I went into the club as a manager? Aye, we'll go with manager because I don't think it was a player. Well, because well, it, was, it was very good when I was a player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a manager, it, 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 it needs to improve because the infrastructure is uh, very, very fractured and there's, they need a pitch and they need a, a base, need to be back in Kirk and Tiller, and that needs to happen within the next 18 months, I think. Yeah. Have you got ambitions to move up the ladder personally as a manager? I think I've signed myself to the Rob Roy tomb, to be honest. I think there's a, there's a my name in the graveyard up there. So uh, I think the only thing that would change for me if Rob Roy didn't get to, didn't get to a new pitch, I think. I'm ambitious as any any manager is, but uh, if Rob Roy can progress and move back home, I, I, I wouldn't see me managing in our club if that happens. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. You can pick three players from the West of Scotland Premier Division teams to sign. Who would it be and why? I think I've signed half of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I've moved on. <laughs> uh, oh, three players and why? <laughs> uh, well, I've got to go for players that I've no, I've no signed. So I would say Andy Leishman. The reason for being, I think, over the years, he's been unbelievable for the Talbot. And against us, he's, he's, he's put up top-class performances. I think for them, he's worth double digits and points alone per season in his performances. So I would definitely say Andy Leishman. Uh, Current players, isn't it? Aye, Aye, current, current players. players. Aye. Aye. Uh, I would, I'm going to go goalkeeper. I'm going to go midfielder and striker. Because uh, So I would say midfielder. I would say... Uh, I'm torn between Derek Espin and Paul Fries. I would probably swing towards Espin because he's a wee bit younger. Okay. But two of them get their sort of attitudes... That like very, very similar to when I had Sean Fraser. That attitude and that drive and that desire and a wee bit of cockiness about them and, and don't really care what people think. I quite like that. Uh, so I would probably say Del Esplin. And striker. Yeah. Probably go with Brian Boylan. Okay. Because I just I like the way he leads the line and he does a selfish task up there and he doesn't care if he's up there on his own and he and he creates chances out of nothing and he's and he works works his socks off, sort of sort of player I like. So I'd probably say Brian Boylan. Okay. Best player played with. See, I would have that differently when I played, because when you play you just think of ability, don't you? Mm -hmm. And when you, you know you're a manager, you think of training, attitude, what type of person they were. I would probably say some play with some right good players. Uh, overall, if I take in thinking of my management head, I would probably say why Wilson or Mark Bradley. Okay. Who's the worst? <laughs> Chris McFadden. <laughs> Who's the best player you've managed? Switch your computer off, Walker. Sorry. <laughs> oh, listen. Ah. Ah, it's a difficult one. I've, I mean, Walker's in there. There's probably three spring in my head, to be fair. Uh, I'd probably say best player for me, just again, takes a player I like, probably Scott Walker or Sean Fraser. Okay. 
Win the league or win the Scottish Cup? Well, we're still in the Scottish and we're not going to win the league, so I'll say Scottish Cup. <laughs> Favourite manager in the league? Uh, what they're doing, I mean, it's a bit, yeah. Favourite manager, like the best, like, when you when you play against them, who do you look forward to having a, a cup of tea with at the end of the game? Uh, listen, I, I've got a lot of time for Murdy McKinnon. Uh, Michael Kennedy's always a good lad as well, Michael. Uh, but obviously, I've only played against him once the game got cancelled on Saturday. So I'd probably say my long standing relationship, I would say Murdy McKinnon. Okay. That is your run up. So, Scott, you're on the spot now. And Stuart, you can chip in with these as well if you feel as if that Scott's saying a right or wrong answer, then chime in. So, Scott, are you ready to be put on the spot? Yeah. Who's the best trainer at Rob Roy? Jack Gordon or Keane. Jack Gordon's just a pest. I agree with that. Who's the worst? Go for Matty Kerr. I agree with that. Who's the team hard man? Connor Bell. He's the angriest guy I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the most skillful? I'll go for Robbie Layton or Craig Truesdale. <sighs> Probably Robbie Layton. Okay. Quickest player? Certainly not me. Uh, Robbie again, probably. No. Robbie, uh, Robbie Jack or Keane, I think. Is it not? Baber. A Baber is it? We've got a few speed melts in the team, so it'll be quite, a, quite an interesting one. Not. Who's the slowest? I'm always at the back of doggies, isn't I? But... <laughs> yeah. Aaron Ross. Aaron Ross, I get it. Who's the best character? We Sean McMonagall, I think he's got to be absolute bomb scare. <laughs> Who's got the worst dress sense? Ian Gold dresses like a school teacher. <laughs> Final question: Who's the teacher's pet? Someone will probably say me, no doubt. Uh, Jack Gordon again. Every time Max is talking, he's just nodding his head every time. So we're going with that. That's you in the spot. Obviously, but you, if you know how the show works, you know we get to the stage where we open the floor up to some fan questions, which basically means we get in touch with your teammates or people that have known you in the game and we dig some dirt on you. So we've got a few here. So we're going to just get through these one by one. Who who was at fault for the goalkeeper scoring for Pollock on Saturday? That'll be one of my mates sent us in. <laughs> Stuart, who's it? Who was at fault? Walker. <laughs> Watching the video, Walker. Who is the better teeth? That's me. Better teeth. <laughs> Who's the better teeth? Well, I've, I've, been, I've been already telling I've paid for Walker's teeth, so <laughs> I'd have to say Walker. <laughs> right, we've got a few here for one particular individual. Gary Carroll, it's oil. <laughs> Stuart, how did it feel to come out of retirement to play half a dozen games for us as a 41-year-old, even manage a goal against Mary Hill? And does he have any plans to make any more appearances as a player? No more appearances as a player. I've, uh, the, the lockdown's done me in. I've, uh, I, I did actually think before that I could do a job in my, my, in my mind somewhere, but definitely <laughs> I'm done. But I, I, Scott will tell you, I've only come out of necessity, but it's quite funny because the game I came on it, at Mary Hill and scored. I took Lee Gallagher off and he came off shaking his head going, can't believe you've took me off for you. And I went, well, you've not done anything for 75 minutes, wee man. He went, what are you going to do for 15 minutes? I went on and set up Gavin Mackey and scored a head out of the back post. And his walker and all that were absolutely caning him after the game. So that was quite funny. But, you know, I mean, you couldn't write a script for that, could you? But, uh, no, it's always good to, it's always good to put a jersey back on, but I wouldn't, it's not a thing that you want to do because the spotlight's on you. You make any mistakes. Oh, you've done that. And you tell me not to do that. So, no, there's absolutely no chance I'm putting boots on this year. No chance. Scott, how does it feel to be the top goal scorer after 17 competitive games considering you're right back and had only scored two goals in his previous five seasons? 
I don't know how I've ended up in the Premier League, to be fair. <laughs> I don't think everybody in the club's hit one. Aye, so I don't know how I've ended up on them. <laughs> this is for Stuart. Why is there a shortage of Lucas Aid sport in central Scotland? Is it Brexit, COVID, or your training sessions? <laughs> Definitely our training sessions. Definitely our training sessions. Bruce is going to find that. What we do is on a Monday night, at the end of this training, we do the volleys and whoever loses, whoever doesn't score, brings a look at his head sports in on a Saturday. So uh, I've got them all terrified. But I'm in, I'm, I'm, me and Chris are right in some of our heads now. So it's either me or Chris that does the feed and some of them are just, they can see the fear <laughs> and the fear of having to lose to bring them in. Some of the boys are only young, age, 17, 18, or having to go in and get their first, I think they're stealing money out of their mass purse to pay for the look at you know what I mean? So we've got the fear factor in the scope, which is good. So the standards have been right good the last couple of weeks here. Brilliant. Ask Scott why he waited till the team had missed six penalties in two seasons before he nominated himself as a Rob Roy Tavernier. I think you've got to get him out of strikers first, haven't you? Trying to get a bad confidence up. Had they scored them? First games. <laughs> Next one. Ask the gaffer why he, bought a, he brought a new coach to the club and ordered him a tracksuit with flared bottoms. So, have <laughs> you seen me fail? So we've ordered, <laughs> we've ordered new gear and my gear's always, my gear's perfect, right, fine, perfect. And so brought a coach in, I'll no name him because he, he still thinks I had nothing to do with it. It's actually Chris McFadden that stitched him up. So he's walking up the hill to train and obviously had ordered the, and Chris had ordered the gear. And I looked down and I went like, look at the Dan Dales on him, Chris, the flares at the bottom. <laughs> so he came up to train and he's going, all right, lads. And we're like, all right. He's a wee bit, wee bit loose at the bottom and you know. And he's walking in and he started to pop them up and all that. So he's, he's saying he gets stitched up. So Chris has got my pair of flares eh, at the bottom. <laughs> so they're flared right out. So it was, it was actually it's a wee joke. It's, it's carried on for about 18 months now. So it has. Brilliant. Next one. Ask the skipper about his signing on fee for this season. Was it cash <laughs> or a makeover? He'll know what you mean. Just put towards my teeth anyway. That's all I need to know. <laughs> Max has played and scored in every one of the 10 seasons he has at Rob Roy. Is it true the coaches are insisting that the streak has finished this season? 100%. They, 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 see, when they introduced the 20s, Scott, that, that, that killed me. <laughs> that, was my, that was my death. That was my death from because there's, there's more chance of a 20 come up with player than me digging the boots out when you're doing 11 players in a midweek game. So, aye, that was uh, a 10 season or over. That was it done. Definitely. This is for both of you, but we'll start with Scott. Ask the two of them how many holidays is the goalkeeping coach allowed in a single season? <laughs> Never there, is he? <laughs> Stuart, where's, where's the story behind that? Oh, listen, uh, he's he's had more holidays than busman's holidays, to be honest. Uh, but he, he, he's, he's clever enough, but he, 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 when COVID came in, that we loophole of COVID, he's had COVID 17 times. And he's the first guy in the world to have COVID that many times, you know what I mean? So he's, <laughs> he, he latched onto the COVID thing, he latched onto the PCR test, he latched onto lateral flow. Any loophole to get out of it, he's there. That's but, the gas. Uh, well, hang on, that might be the next one. What's that? The gas sore calf in it, so that might be his next. I what? He came in and played with me last Sunday for Dukla. I played for the Dukla Pumperson boys. Yeah. They were a goalie shot and I brought him in and he's tore his calf. So <laughs> he's walking about, he's got a free, free pass because it's on me. So nobody can say anything to him because that was me who got him injured. So, uh, but uh, he's, he's, he's been unbelievable. But he's, he's, he's settled, settled in a bit. I said he's only had six holidays this year, to be fair. <laughs> Next one, this is for Scott. Scott was at Kelly with Gary Locke. Can you ask him if he feels the one-on-one sessions Gary gave him helped him come this far in his <laughs> career? And if he's, do you still have Gary Locke's boots? Uh, it's a big, it's a big studs I like. I don't wear them, but they're honking. But... And how do you feel about Mick Doyle having a better career than you when you were both at Kelly together? Oh, he's been done well. Can I complain about it? <laughs> this is for the final ones for Stuart. Can you also ask Stuart if he'll give you a song as he was the only one not to join in in the bus home from Aberdeen? A good question, actually. Well, I, I didn't sing in the bus home from Aberdeen. But when, I, when they all came in on Monday night, I hung over Saturday, I set up a Union Jack 20-minute run. And 15 minutes into it, when they couldn't speak, I started singing tragedy. Because that's what it was looking like on their faces. It was a tragedy, so it was. So singing's no my strong point. And uh, so that's why I let a couple of other coaches up to sing. 
win. Right, we've got a couple of uh, kind of serious questions here. We will ask Scott, first of all, how excited are you for the next few games ahead and who are you looking forward to coming up against? I'm looking forward to the, the Scottish Cup game, to be honest. Uh, hopefully we can progress in that. So that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Brilliant. Stuart, this is a, a one for you as well. Is there any developments in the stadium and how how badly need that, needed is it to get your own base set up at the club? We've kind of touched on this, but is there any kind of developments in the stadium and potentially going back to Kirkland Talent in the near future? I think Neil, Neil, Neil Anderson, Chairman, has got a plan uh, to liaise with the, with the council regarding this. The, the facilities now been passed. Uh, there's been a slight change in what we thought was happening with we, we, we Rob Roy's involvement. And uh, I don't know what the, the latest is in that, but it's a must for Kirkintilt Rob Roy to survive. And uh, if you want maybe doomsday scenario, if it didn't happen for whatever reason, I don't think Rob Roy would continue. Uh, and I think everything that's been built there would, would quickly evaporate. But if you do get back, like I say, fantastic club, fantastic supporters, fantastic chairman and small committee now. But if that club can get back into Kirk and Tillett, which is, and Scott will tell you, I mean, we're doing really well, they're committing their droves. And there's so much hotbed of talent there, younger kids coming through, we've got a good 20s team, there's good local boys clubs that we're, we're affiliated to as well. So if that can all come together, the future for Kirk and Tillett, Rob Roy, and the future for the kids in that area, we're a pathway going through now. Obviously, we all been involved in senior football. I think can be great. Uh, so it's an absolute must for the club, and the club deserve it. They deserve it. They deserve. They took a lot of stick. Uh, people asking silly questions about why did they do it? Where's the money? The money's still there. That they they've got for the park. That's not that's not disappeared. Uh, and they had no option but to do it because they felt. It was an opportunity to, to try and build a, a custom-built facility, which a lot of teams in our league are doing. You can see a lot of teams are spending money on infrastructure. Like this, with Irving Meadows done, Colwinning, Darville, to name about a few. And they're, all, they're all striving to get to that next level. And that's where Rob Roy's got to, to be. And if they don't get that opportunity to do that, I don't think they'll be there, And uh, which will be a very sad, sad, sad day. But for such a club in nearly 150 year history, do you know what I mean? So, uh, I come back to what I say is I think it's got to happen within the next next year anyway. And I'm, I'm very confident it will. I think they'll come to a, a compromise and, and get the club back where it should be. Brilliant. Well, we've just had a question come through here actually since we started recording. This is for Stuart. Why did you make the switch from Linlithgow to Bathgate? Yeah. Uh, well, there were two good sides at that point, and uh, I think, to be honest, when I, when you were playing through through East back in the early two thousands, there wasn't a lot of West players, and I got a sort of wind that Bathgate were were going to make a big push for for glory that year, and uh, I got an opportunity. I so, you know the way it works. Like I, the games I, I think back, the games I played against. Bathgate, I played really well, and uh, Willie Hill spoke to me, and like I say, I knew a few, well documented a few ex-seniors going in that year, and for me, it was always about trying to win something, do you know what I mean, rather than the money, I know, I, I'm expecting Cass McFadden to come on here and say I went for the money and all that, but it's, uh, oh. it certainly was, not I mean, I'm waiting for that to come up, but no, it wasn't about money for me, it was, it was, uh, it was about trying to ambition, but like I say, I knew that a few of the boys that I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with were going there, and I thought we got a really good chance. And Linlithgow was a well was a well run club, but I just I don't know. It just didn't quite didn't quite click for me. And I thought there's a wee chance here to go and try and win something. Let's say we nearly done nearly won everything that year at Bathgate. So that was the reason before anybody thinks it was for money or anything. <laughs> Before we finish up, we will obviously talk about what's coming up for Rob Roy. You've got a tough run of games coming up between now and the kind of Christmas break. He's going to quit years, host co and then you've got a hard run of away games, lights of Talbot, Hurlford, Clyde Bank and Bees. Scott, how do you feel about that run of games and how important is it to maybe get a, a couple of kind of results out of that? For me, personally, I, I probably like playing against the bigger, the so-called bigger teams better. Uh, 
but like we said, if we get into Christmas and we're still in the mix, then I think we'll be happy with that. Stuart, what's your thoughts on those kind of games coming up? Is there a particular game that you, you're kind of thinking you can maybe get a result on? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Just, you know, if I say that, that'll be the changing room talk, team talk before the game, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> no, they're off. They're nothing. As I say, I mean, even we spoke about our talking about teams running about us in a series. No, I mean, I told you the qualities I thought they had, and they're all good sides in their own right. So, as Scott said, the so called bigger teams in our league. Uh, I, I think I think it's a good chance. I mean, I, Scott will tell you, I speak to the boys quite in depth every, every week at training. And, I'm looking forward to playing the, 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 the like I say, the teams that are in the top half league because I think players can excel and and get above their expectations. We grasp and some of them will have big crowds like the Talbot games and things like that. And so I think no, I'm, I'm, listen, it'll be tough games as they all are, but we're more than capable of producing a shot here there. And I think if we can manage to beat one of the bigger teams, I think it's good for the confidence for the younger players because they know that they can go and do it. And then again, you're breaking a psychological barrier. I, I, we, we were at the start of the season, could win a game, won a game, then went and run a game. So if we can manage to get a result along the line there and pick up a few points, we're happy with that. But it's like, I'm looking forward to these games because mm-hmm. we are not expected to win. And so the, but within our camp, we, we're hoping we can go and produce a shock or two, definitely. Jake, this season's a bit of kind of one of those kind of seasons that you're, you can't prepare that far ahead because of obviously that. There's a lot of teams kind of similar level. Like we know, obviously, that Auckland Lake are going on and kind of top the league and things like that. But do you think there's a this season in particular? Obviously, we know how many teams are going down. It's it sort of just get the go week to week. There's no you can't prepare that far in front because of the the way the season's going to work. I think I think if you look at it, like if, I mean, if you if you have got to go week to week, teams are scrapping for points left, right, and centre. Yeah. I mean, if you can sting a couple of two or three. Two or three weeks, the least, especially the middle of the league's fluctuating like the stock market. Yeah. One minute you could be you're in the top eight, next minute you're, you're down to 12, and you're in between that. And some teams are preparing out themselves at the bottom seven. So I think it's just a scrap every week. And <clears throat> I highlight to my boys try and pick up points in games that you maybe didn't deserve to pick up, or try and sneak a win that maybe was going to end up panning a draw. That, that's important. A couple of teams around about us I've noticed have done that. Glenkey have been really good at that. They've picked up points when. They've been dead and buried against Kowinan. I think they were four, one yeah, down. Four one down. Andrew for each. Done it against Beef as well. I think they've done it against. I mean, and I, I actually spoke about that. I mean, that resilience of picking up a point and or maybe turning that point into three points that could be really, really crucial over the course of the season. So I think that's something we need to do. We we have not been good at that so far. Uh, we've either won games or lost games. But let's say we managed to get a draw at Largs uh, behind, but I think that'll be. When you look back on your season with all the teams that are in that sort of middle to bottom half of the league, you look back and you'll say, well, we nick points there, we nick points there, and that could be crucial to the difference between staying at the bottom seven and, and, and staying in the league sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. We are going to wrap up the show there. I just want to wish you both best of luck for the season ahead. It's been an absolute pleasure to be both on the show. Thanks very much for coming on. Cheers Thanks a lot, Scott. Thanks very much to everyone who's tuned in. Please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels and follow us on social media for consistent West of Scotland uh, content. We'll be back next week for two more West of Scotland football shows extra on the channel, so tune in for them. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers. (laughs) 